Hey, 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 guys, welcome to our science podcast. In this podcast, we will be talking about a very big topic. What topic? Cells. Interesting. So, what do you know about cells? Uh, well, they're small and... Don't worry. In this podcast, we will learn everything about cells. The way they were discovered, their organelles, and the way on their functions. And even more things, we'll talk about them. Okay, have you ever wondered what is a cell? Well, I really haven't. But cells are the smallest unit of life. Their shape and structure are diverse. There are many types of cells in the human body. Some of them are muscle cells, skin cells, nerve cells, and even more can be found in our bodies. Organisms are either unicellular or multicellular. Unicellular means that they have one cell, and multicellular means they have more cells. Apart from what is a cell, have you ever wondered who was the person who discovered cells? Well, I haven't, but my teacher told me it was Robert Hooke. He was born in 1635. He established cytology, which is the study of cells. He also found cork which looked like small rooms, but it wasn't considered important at the time. In the 1500s, many microscopes were, were invented by Dutch scientists, but earlier versions did exist. Now we're going to talk about the cell theory and the important scientists that helped form it. Major scientists contributed to these early discoveries, such as Matthias Leiden stated that all plants are made of cells since 1838. In 1839, The other Schwann stated that animals are made of cells and all organisms are made of cells. Also, in 1858, Rudolf Virchow stated that all cells must come from other existing cells. This discovery was pretty important because people back then believed in spontaneous generation. In other words, people back then thought that living things arise from non-living things. Many scientists contributed to the famous cells theory. This theory stated that one. Organisms are made of one or more cells. Two, all cells come from pre-existing cells. And three, cells are the basic building blocks of life. Every cell has multiple organelles inside of them. Without any of these organelles, the cell would not function properly. The cell has the vacuole which is the water storage of the cell. They take about half of the space in plant cells and are small to non-existent in animal cells. The mitochondria, also known as the powerhouse of the cell, is make a huge amount of energy for the cell. The cytoplasm, it is the watery part of the cell. It holds all of the organelles in their places and allows the chemical reactions to run properly. The chloroplast, which makes energy for cell using photosynthesis. This organelle is only found in plant cells. The Golgi apparatus, which packages waste or parts of the cell for transport for other parts of the cell, even out of the cells. The lysosome. It packages waste that contain digestive enzymes to break down waste for reuse or to be expelled from the cell the cell membrane, which are the two layers of lipids that protect the cell. They also provide structure. 
the ribosomes, also known as the workers of the cell. They read the genetic code to make proteins through a process called translation. Rough and smooth endoplastic reticulum, which is a loading station for making new proteins. Cell wall, which is a structure and protection of plant cells. And the nucleus, which contains the genome, DNA, and it is known as the control center of the cell. There are two main types of, of cells, the plant cell and the animal cell. Some of the main differences between plant cells and animal cells are that plant cells have a cell wall and a cell membrane, while the animal cells only have a plasma membrane. These two cells also have different organelles. For example, the plant cell has a coloplast and a cell wall, and a cell wall, while the animal cell has neither of those. The molecule in the plant cell takes out half of the cell, while in the animal cell, it is small to non-existent. There are many differences between prokaryotes and eukaryotes. In a prokaryotic cell, the DNA does not have a nucleus, while in an eukaryotic cell, the DNA is protected by the nucleus. Prokaryotic cells are much smaller. Prokaryotic cells are single cells, while eukaryotes are multicellular organisms, are part of multicellular organisms. Eukaryotes are known for being modern, while prokaryotes are ancients. Prokaryotic cells also have no organelles, except ribosomes. An example of prokaryotic cell is bacteria. An example of eukaryotic cell is human. The four macromolecules of life are carbohydrates, lipids, proteins, and nucleic acids. Carbohydrates are a compound made of carbon, hydrogen, and oxygen. It has a ratio of two hydrogens and one oxygen for every one carbon. They store short-term energy. Lipids are compounds that have a high proportion of carbon-hydrogen bonds with a small number of oxygen. They are commonly called fats or oils. They're not attracted to water. Cells use energy for use lipids for energy storage and insulation. Proteins are large, complex molecules composed of carbon, hydrogen, oxygen, nitrogen, and usually sulfur. The body uses proteins for a variety of reasons. A structure containing muscles, transporting energy in blood, immunity, and more. Nucleic acids store the cellular information in code, an arrangement of nucleotides. Nucleotides consist of hydrogen, oxygen, nitrogen, and phosphorus in three groups, base, sugar, and a phosphate bond. Hey, hey, guys! For this special segment of the podcast, we have interviewed Professor Elizabeth Marshall all the way from the States. After asking her what made her study science, she answered us. I always enjoyed science, especially biology in school. My first job teaching was a science and social studies position in middle school. I loved everything I was teaching in science and ended up learning so much about science from teaching my students. We also asked her if the cell wouldn't have some of these basic organelles such as lysosomes, 
ribosomes or endoplastic reticulum, what would happen? She told us that if cells did not have their proper organelles, they would not function properly and, that, and can also cause various problems within the organism. Fun fact, the largest cell of the human body is approximately 120 microns. It is, a human, it is the female mature egg, and the smallest cell in the human body is a spermatozoon's head with the size of 5 microns. So, another question that we asked her was, do multicellular prokaryotes exist? Yes, bacteria with the bodies are prokaryotes multicellular. And what could happen if the cell went through uncontrolled cell growth? This is a very bad condition, since it has major effects, such as cancer. Cancer can, can happen from rapid growth of cells. This knowledge is courtesy of Professor Elizabeth Marshall. Now we're going to talk about the cell cycle and each phase. The cell cycle has six phases in total. The G0 phase, which is the resting phase. The G1 phase, which is the growth phase. The S phase, G2 phase, which is the phase when everything is double checked. The meiotic, the meiotic phase, in which mitosis occurs, and the cell division and replication phase, which is no exercise In the G0 phase, the cell cycle arrests. Normal functions start. In the G1 phase, cellular contents, including the chromosomes, are duplicated. In the S phase, each of the 46 chromosomes is duplicated by the cell. In the G2 phase, the cell double checks the duplicated chromosomes for errors, making any needed repairs. Then, mitosis occurs. In this phase, the original cell prepares to divide into two exact copies. This process has five different phases and it needs to be extremely accurate. These five phases are the prophase. The chromosomes condense and become visible. The spindle fibers form. Prometaphase. The spindle fibers attach. The nucleus breaks down and the chromosomes begin to move to the center. Metaphase. The chromosomes line up in the middle. Anaphase. The chromosomes outpour apart. The nucleus reforms and the fibers break down. After this meticulous process, cytokinesis happens. This process is known as the cell division or replication. Cell replication has to be super, very, 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 extremely accurate. Because if one thing goes wrong, the cell has to kill itself. Can you believe that? It has to kill itself. That's super crazy. So the cell depends on some regulators to see if the process goes wrong. The cell is controlled by regulators in and out of the cell. There are two types of regulators. Internal regulators respond to events taking place in the cell and permit the cell cycle to proceed based on those events. External regulators respond to events taking place outside of the cell to speed up or slow down the cell cycle or division. These regulators are very important since if the process, the process goes wrong the cell and the cell doesn't end its life, cancer is the result. 
mutations in genes that regulate cells growth and division, smoking, chewing tobacco, radiation exposure, including sun exposure, and other gene defects, including viral infections. The most common effects of uncontrolled cell growth are cancer tumors. There are two types of tumors. One is good and one is very bad. Benign tumor. A benign tumor is non-cancerous. They do not spread to, surround, to surrounding health tissues. But a malignant tumor is very cancerous. That is super bad. They invade and destroy surrounding healthy tissue. These cancer cells in malignant tumors can absorb nutrients, block nerve connections, and prevent organs from functioning properly. The cell has two different types of transport. Passive transport, energy is not required in order to take place. Some examples are osmosis and diffusion. Active transport, energy is required to get things across the membrane. Other transport, the cell uses proteins called the membrane proteins to move them through. Osmosis is the diffusion of water across a semi-permeable membrane. Diffusion is the movement of molecules from a high concentration to a low concentration Hey guys, have you ever wondered how cells get their energy? Well, it's a very complicated process that involves many compounds to be converted into other compounds and therefore create ATP. ATP is the energy currency of the cell. We can thank ATP for many things that happen within our bodies such as moving, which is a very important function that our bodies perform. The way cells get their energy is by a process called cellular respiration. Cellular respiration is the way organisms can obtain the energy given by food. It releases the energy found in the chemical bonds of food. The scientific formula for cellular respiration is oxygen plus glucose equals carbon dioxide, water, and energy. Cellular respiration has three stages. Glycolysis, Krebs cycle, and the electron transport chain. Cellular respiration refers to the energy releasing reactions in the cell. The connections between organisms and cells is that most of the energy releasing reactions require oxygen, and that is the reason we need to breathe. There are two types of reactions, aerobic reactions, which are reactions that require oxygen, and anaerobic reactions, which are reactions that do not require oxygen. Glycolysis happens in the cytoplasm, while the Krebs cycle and the electron transport chain happen in the mitochondria. In glycolysis, glucose is turned into pyruvic acid that then gets the then goes to the Krebs cycle. 2 ATP and 2 NADPH, NADH sorry, are made during the, this process. 
In the Krebs cycle, the pyruvic acid goes into the mitochondria. The pyruvic acid is later turned into acetyl-CoA. This is later turned into citric acid. This acid then goes through six more steps. And then the process ends up with four carbon molecules, two ATP, three NADH, and two FADH are made during the process. The final step is the electron transport chain. This step is very complicated. Electrons are put in the transport chain and put in with oxygen. They make a reaction that makes water and then the hydrogen is pulled through the ATP synthase and creates ATP. This reaction sum a total of 36 ATP. Alright guys, after telling you everything about the cells, how they work, what they do, what they need to do what they do, I want to tell you a story. Once I was walking down the street and I breathed, I breathed just like everyone else, but what I did I started to question, how did I breathe? Why did I need to breathe? And what happened when I breathed? So I started researching, I started learning many things to see why cells need oxygen. Why cells, why animal cells need oxygen to give out carbon dioxide? And I found out why. I found out the reason why we give out carbon dioxide and breathe in oxygen. There is a process called photosynthesis. This is how plant cells get their energy. Well, it turns out that for plants to get energy, it's a little different. Since instead of consuming glucose, they consume sunlight. They consume sunlight for glucose. And instead of taking in oxygen, they take in carbon dioxide and breathe out oxygen. Well, not breathe, but take out oxygen. So that would make a perfect balance between cellular respiration and photosynthesis. So since the reactants of cellular respiration are the products of photosynthesis. This makes a perfect balance of life. So this answered my question. Why did I breathe apart from my body needing it? What was, was, what was the, perf the 
purpose of me breathing. Thank you. Cells are definitely a very significant and interesting topic. Yes. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to our podcast, and we hope that you find this helpful and interesting.